One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to A Little Bit Dusty, all sourcing yards from the outback and the bush. Grab a hot or cold one and enjoy the conversation ahead. Okay, thanks for tuning in, guys. We have got a, another person sharing their uh, big, ba- big Red Bash or Monday Bash experiences, and I think it's good to uh, get a variety of different opinions and recommendations that way... Uh, you know, people who've come from you know different parts of the country or are doing different roles as volunteers. It gives uh, other listeners and people who want to travel out here and um, you know some good encouragement to go out and check it out in whatever way you can. So, in saying that, we are talking to Susie Sinoski, and she joins us now. Susie, how's it going? Oh, we're doing really well. Thanks. Thanks for having me. No worries. That's all right. So let's uh, tell listeners a little bit about uh, where you're from currently and uh, where you grew up. I am from Melbourne. And I was born and raised here. I have lived in other countries for a few years at different times for work. And, yeah, and I still live in Melbourne. Oh, there you go. So what's, uh, what other countries have you lived in and what did that involve with uh, your I, Actually, the first country I lived in was for a university exchange. It was quite some time ago in the 90s. I did a, a year of study in Canada in a city called Edmonton. And it was okay. uh, super interesting. Winter was minus 30, minus 35 degrees. <laughs> wow. Yeah. How'd you manage that? So it was that? really fun and really fun and different and saw the northern lights. So that was super cool. And, oh, you know, like lived near a few hours away from the Rocky Mountains. So you could ski there and hike in summer and camping. And it was pretty awesome. I'm not sure how much study I did, but I did have a good year. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Um, speaking of travelling, uh, with the Bash and you know not just the Bash but other festivals or different events around the country, people travel from all sorts of states and areas and different terrains and environments to get there. What other places in Australia uh, have you travelled to? Travelled to a lot of parts of Australia. I have been to every state and territory and some of them lots of different times. Like I drove around Tassie once for a week, which was really fun. I've been back to Tassie a couple of times, been to... Central Australia more than once, I think, and up to um, Kakadu as well, which is super lovely. I love the territory. Um, yeah, w- WA. To, I don't know if you've heard of the Ningaloo Reef. It's uh, oh, no, what's the name of that town. Ah, I can't. It's sort of near Exmouth, but it's a bit south of there. And 
yeah, Queensland, like Great Barrier Reef and obviously New South Wales and going to the Monday Monday Bash was my first time in Western New South Wales. Okay. Oh, cool. So I think um, especially traveling to some of those other areas in different uh, at different times and different times of the year as well would um, be a good way to um, experience each area in their different environments too. Oh, very nice. So how did you hear about the Big Red Bash, uh, first of all, and would, were you a volunteer or a punter for the Monday Monday Bash just gone about in April? A few months before. Actually, I think it was maybe during one of Melbourne's very long lockdowns last year, maybe like in October or something like that, maybe 2021. I think it was just an ad popped up on Facebook and I thought, that sounds really fun. But at that point, because we were in such a strict lockdown, I thought, oh, we'll see what happens because we didn't really know where the pandemic would go. And then, and then, yeah. Maybe, yeah. And then when we came out of those lockdowns, maybe about January or so, I thought, oh, it might be fun to volunteer and um, be a part of it. So I actually put in my volunteer application and I actually remember hearing back the same day that I was accepted. Though obviously they were, oh, wow. they were definitely keen to to lock down. You know the volunteers. It's you need a lot of volunteers to run these events as well as the staff. And so yeah, I think it was pretty much through social media, and then applied, got accepted, and then and then the preparation started because there's a lot of things you have to organise to go to one of these events. Yeah. Okay. And what kind of uh, volunteer roles um, did you do while you're at the April Bash? And how did you find the whole process? Yeah, I I was in the like I looked at the different roles and what I knew I wanted to do was I wanted to work out in the open. I thought I'm not I'm not driving to Outback New South Wales to work in some building. Like you know, I had no interest in that. I yeah. Thought, I want to be out in the elements, um, experiencing all the weather, which I did. <laughs> and so I was in the general setup crew before the bash started. My, okay. I think the bash started on a Thursday and my first uh, day of volunteering, I think, was the Saturday. So I did three full days of volunteering before the bash even started. And it, we did things like one day in about 30 degree heat, we set up the composting toilets, a group of, uh, you know, half a dozen of us. <laughs> it was pretty, yep. yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeez, good day to do it in the heat. <laughs> in the heat. And, and then, you know what? Two days later, it was in the rain and it was cold and we were like hammering star pickets into the ground and the wind was blowing a gale. And I got, I did get what I wanted, which was to be, <laughs> to be out in the elements. It was fun. It was yep. lots of work, but it was good fun. Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah, that yeah, that is true. Although it might seem like, you know, hard yakker at times or, you know, other people might have pulled out of their shifts or whatever. Just, um, yeah, the fact that you're with a good crew when, you know, they all want to get it done and, uh, yeah, that kind of, you know, it pulls everyone together no matter what the, the terrain or the weather because I know that uh, yeah. it was, I think it was the Tuesday. Nice. Like the, the guy who was our... Although we had different sort of leaders on the day and they were not, you know, they were nice. And when it was raining a lot, they're like, oh, let's just wait here and we'll just try to see if the rain will go away. But we ended up just going out and getting into it. But, yeah, pe- people were very nice and very friendly. Mm. So travelling from Melbourne, uh, what kind of uh, direction did you go to head to Monday, Monday? And were there any kind of like wow moments or any kind of hiccups along the way or were there, were there any kind of sites that's uh, really caught your eye that are worth recommending to other people who are travelling that same direction. I, when I left, 
Melbourne. And I, I drove up on my own in, in my uh, 22-year-old Holden Astra <laughs> sedan. Uh, Very nice. Most people were in for some pretty big setups, you know, four-wheel drives and caravans and stuff. I had a very humble setup and I, probably not the greatest idea I've ever made, but I thought, you know what, I'll just stay one night in Sea Lake and then I'll be in Broken Hill the next day. It's a fair bit of driving in two days for one person and also because of kangaroos out there, you know, you want to make sure you're not driving early in the day and late in the day and that kind of thing. So I pretty much see Lake, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's in, I went Calder Highway um, up to a place called Sea Lake, which is maybe uh, an hour and a half south-ish of Mildura, roughly. And it's a pretty, it's a small okay. town, but it's known for its Sea Lake. <laughs> it's this, um, it's quite cool. It's like, how do they describe it? It's a, it's a salt crusted depression. So it's this really shallow, super salty mm. lake. But it's quite cool because you go there at sunset and the colours are amazing. Although I'm not sure I've ever had <laughs> that many flies hanging around my head ever in my life. <laughs> so it's a pretty, yeah, pretty kind of intense, super interesting. And there's a lot of um, cool silo art around yep. around there and in towns leading up. <laughs> One town I went to, a very small town called Witchy Proof. Okay. It has, I think it's Australia's smallest mountain. Like it's the smallest thing that's actually called a mountain. And it's like, I can't remember how tall, but it's like 100, 100 metres tall or something. So... You know, these fun, quirky things that you find in sort of small towns. Um, And so, yeah, you're just really driving up. You just kind of think, you know, you drive for hours and hours. You're still in Victoria. And then I think probably the real wow moment was once you get past Wentworth, just it, which is, you know, just past Mildura into New South Wales, you hit that open road and you really feel like you're in the outback and there's not even a service station open for 300 kilometres. Yeah. There's barely a building. The road's amazing. The road, like the condition of the road's amazing. Uh, I filled up, so I had petrol. So hot tip to anyone, don't expect to get any fuel between Wentworth and Broken Hill. Oh, yeah. you got to at least keep like Open a... spaces, the colour, just being out there and the like I said, you, you do see other cars out there, but there's barely a building in sight. It's actually pretty amazing. Yeah, some the distance between some towns is yeah between three to four hundred k's away. So my golden rule was always you know looking at my range in my um, odometer as long as I had kind of five hundred k's you know kind of available uh, for travel in my car, then yeah that would usually get me out of trouble for you know going into the next stop. And um, a lot of the silo art as you know as nice as it is, a lot of that art reflects. Um, a lot of the different freight and modes of transport for transporting goods and that sort of thing too. So that kind of gives you a bit of a, a step, step back in time as to how the town operated from either, you know, 50 to 100 to 150 years ago. So a lot of the art from the from on the silos, um, yeah, reflect kind of how it was back in those towns back in those days. So, yeah, it's a good uh, little insight into checking out the history along the way of your travels too. Yeah, definitely. So were there any were there any kind of hiccups or anything that any a lot of kind of close calls along the way from your travels or is there anything that was a uh, jumped out at you or a bit scary or was it all pretty smooth sailing from? Well, there was something that literally jumped out at me actually. Uh, I although I was um, I I was doing the right thing and not not travelling at 
dawn or dusk to avoid our our hopping friends in this country. After I, when I arrived in Broken Hill, well, before you volunteer, there's a there's a mandatory volunteer training session for all the volunteers, and that was held yep, in a yep the induction that's uh, the scout hall. Yeah, that in was Silverton. held in Silverton in the hall. So went along to that after I'd done about five hours of driving. Not the greatest idea, but anyway, it was fine. Um, but I think my next my next volunteer my first volunteer session would be the next day. And it was forecast to be quite hot, over 30 degrees, as I mentioned earlier. So they, we were originally meant to start at 10 a.m., but they said, look, let's start at 6.30 to avoid the heat. And I was a bit concerned about the ruse, and rightly so. I did clip a kangaroo driving from Broken Hill to the Mundy Bash site, which I say was, I found it right. really upsetting. Like, I was upset for the kangaroo it was. It's just something that hasn't happened to me before. But they do say, and here is a hot tip, they do say if you're going to hit a kangaroo, don't swerve because it's a good way to kill yourself. And thankfully, my instincts were spot on. I just tapped the brakes. I've, I haven't been in that situation yep. before. So, And I was travelling quite a bit under the speed limit, so I was all sensible. And I... I clipped, I clipped the roux on one side. What I didn't realise till the end of that day was my whole headlight was smashed. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the yeah, because I didn't look at the front of the car because it was no, didn't hit the radiator. Anyhow, but I tell you what, I would, I mean, I knew I shouldn't be travelling at that time of day, but if I knew now what I needed, then I would have said to them, no, I'm just going to come later. Yeah. Don't, don't drive, especially in a car like mine. If you have a four-wheel drive with a bull bar, you're fine, but with a little car like mine, that's you know effectively it's like made of paper and just like <laughs> crushes. Anyhow, yeah, so that was definitely not not the greatest experience, but um, but driving to, uh, yeah, so literally something hopped out of me, but it was like a zoo out there. I saw probably about eight kangaroos in about twenty minutes, which is not what you want to see on the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's something that I've got to take into consideration. Um, if my volunteer application gets approved for. Uh, the August bash because my main idea when I stayed at the race course the I think it was the must be the the night after or the you know two nights after I left because there was you know there was supposed to be flooding and you know heavy weather uh, you know it's supposed to be the you know the next day or whatever so um, I felt a couple of uh, raindrops you know fall on my head from the cracked window when I was sleeping in the back of the car and then I thought oh, all right this would be a good cue to get out of here but that was at like two thirty in the morning so I was driving from about. 2.30 to about 7 and yeah, and then it got to about Ningen and um, driving in the dark for that long, you know, my body wasn't tired but my eyes were tired, you know, so then I did have a couple of close calls with some kangaroos and the pouring wet and everything else and so I think I'll break the, the trip up getting home in probably an extra two or three days just to make sure, you know, it's a little bit safe and I'm not driving at that time of the day too. I, actually, on my way back, I ended up adding a night. I thought, you know what, let's just let's just slow this thing down. So I stayed, I think I spent three nights, like I had three nights in accommodation on the way back, which I think is okay. a good way to go. Yeah. 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 Whereabouts did you stay along the three days? I stayed uh, like on the way up. Yeah. Like on the way up, I was in um, Sea Lake and I actually spent three nights in, I just stayed in a motel in Broken Hill because I was volunteering in the lead up and I thought, oh, I can't be bothered setting up my tent again, like now and then again at the bash. But on the way back, actually, because of the there was a lot of rain 
forecast for I think it was like the Monday or something after the bash and I'm in, I was in a three-person tent uh, and one of the the operations managers said to me you don't want to be here on Monday afternoon so I think it was the Monday so yeah. I I didn't have accommodation in Broken Hill and there was no phone there's no phone reception in at the Monday Monday bash and that's right I mean, it's an important note, and I did know that before. So I packed up my tent in the hope that when I drove to place a place where I'd have mobile coverage, which Silverton, that I'd be able to just Google and find accommodation that night, which luckily I could. I thought, worst case to worst, okay. I could sleep in my car, I could set up my tent. I thought, I'm going to be okay. But if, if I had a stayed at the bash, I saw photos on the Facebook group a couple of days later. There was quite a lot of water there. And regardless mm, mm. of whether you were in a four-wheel drive or a tent or a caravan or whatever, you would have been stuck there. So yeah. it's one of those because they would, you know, the, the police um, will, you know, stop people travelling there to keep people safe and all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, I stayed in Broken Hill another night and, and having that shower after a week of no shower was pretty lovely. <laughs> <laughs> It's something else, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because I, st- I, I was a volunteer, I got, I got to the bash earlier. So I think it was six nights I camped and it didn't bother me not having a shower. is fine, but it feels so good when you can. <laughs> and then, yeah, Broken yeah, Hill. Yeah. And then I stayed in Mildura a night. I booked, a, I booked, the, <laughs> I booked the spa suite. I thought, let's, let's go to town here and... <laughs> Yeah, and then, pamper up a bit from... <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I had a spa, which seemed, you know, so, um, I don't know, over the top compared to where I'd been. And then I stayed in a town called Malden in Victoria, which is only about two hours out of Melbourne. I thought, eh, I'll just stay there. And then and then I came back. So, yeah, it was nice taking it slowly on the way back. Oh, very good. Mm. So who are you most excited for uh, for the lineup for the August Bash coming up? Uh... I, I mean, I don't have tickets to the August Bash. I, um, I had, I went to the April Bash. Oh, sorry, that, that was that was just that, that was just my assumption. I oh, see so you're not doing the August Bash this this time. Oh, look, you know what? I've, I, I have to say, I love Missy Higgins, and I have yep. seen her live twice. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm not... Definitely not doing it, if you see what I mean. But I yeah, yeah, yeah. Still on the fence also, a you bit. know, with with work and limited annual leave and stuff. But no, I don't actually have. I don't have a ticket at this stage to go to to August. But if I did, Missy Higgins would be my number one, um, the number one artist I wanted to see for sure okay. because I've seen her before. Oh, cool. So you'd seen her uh, in Melbourne, I presume. I saw her. Many, many years ago at the Maya Music Bowl and then about a year and a half ago after one lot of COVID restrictions eased, I saw her uh, at a, it's called Mount Danita State. It's a winery. It's not far from Geelong and it was a, okay. a, soci- it was a socially distanced concert, but uh, she's, right. she's excellent. It was one of those they wanted to get Victoria's music scene back up and running and it was organised at very short notice, which is, which is great. So I bought the ticket and went. A week later, or something. She she's excellent live. Oh, very good. Uh, oh well, I suppose we can revert back to um, well, who was your highlights for the April bash? Who was some of the artists that really caught your eye that you really enjoyed? I mean, it was great seeing some of the some of the artists that I grew up with, like Kate Sobrano and Wendy Matthews and Ian Moss, um, people like that. Paul Kelly was excellent. He's he's great live. But I have to say, the the one band that I had never heard of and wasn't particularly looking forward to because I just hadn't heard of them, which completely blew me away, were Furnace and the Fundamentals. They're a cover band. But they're... Yep, yep. there's been a few guests that have said that. the best cover band mm. you've ever seen in your whole life. It was high-octane yeah, energy. It was so entertaining. And it was literally the, the lead singer basically jumped up and down for an hour and a half was never out of breath, and he'd go from, yep. I don't remember all of the songs, but he'd go from something like a Queen song to a Whitney Houston song to an ABBA song to the Lion King, and you're like, not many people could make this work, but these guys, mate, yeah. it was so good. Yeah, that's and right. And they had a, they played the night before the festival started, and I just happened to be out there and saw After them. After the two movies, And yeah. then I saw them. So I saw them two nights in a row. I have to say, they, they were oh, the highlight. Cool. They were incredible. Yeah, I remember that when they played on the the Wednesday night after the um, after was it Kinney and Priscilla uh, were played on the screens. Uh, I was sitting just around the campfire with my other neighbours, and we were kind of hearing it on the background of the Wednesday night, and we're kind of going, "Oh, you haven't heard of these guys? You know, they're up next, but we'll hear what they sound like from the distance." And they, yeah, like you said, you know, they mashed up a lot of different tunes, but they went from you know Outcast to Christina Aguilera to more R and B. We kind of, I was kind of thinking. Where's this going? You know, like what's their what's their motive here? But then 
you know, half an hour in, I was like, oh, they're warmed up and, you know, they're actually, you know, they're just mashing up all these different songs together and they're all in key and everything else. And it was, yeah, it was flawless. And then, yeah, we ended up seeing on the Thursday night and thinking like, wow, these guys are, um, yeah, they've got this down pat. This is a really cool, it's a really cool style. It's a really cool thing they're doing. Mm. Yeah, amazing. And the the lead singer, and I mean, all, all of them really just had so much energy and it just really, you know, in in the crowd, I mean, I pretty much jumped up and down for two hours or however long they played <laughs> as well. It was great. That was great fun. Yeah. Yeah, a good way to uh, ramp everyone up in for the big, uh, you know, few days of rock and roll and pop and everything else that was to uh, to come. Oh, very good. So was there anything that you would uh, change within the festival? Is there anything you'd like to see improved or anything else you would like added or were you just kind of pretty satisfied with how it went? Yeah, the, there's so much thought that's gone into it and it was – because I was in the setup crew, you got to see it when there was basically nothing there, which is really fun. You just you see the whole thing coming together. I think it was a really great mix of like I got involved in the there was the um, the Mad Max characters world record attempt. So oh, yeah. like two months before I started pulling together my my Tina Turner outfit, my Beyond Thunder. Ah, very nice. And, you know, you kind of <laughs> want to do it cheaply, so you kind of think, okay, if I buy this fabric and I could sew that and I could make the leg warmers and so I kind of did a bit of sewing as well. At, at all right, camp, so you went all out. <laughs> at my campsite. <laughs> and then and then got involved in the Nutbush World Record attempt and, you know, they, you mentioned earlier that they screened some movies. Um, Kenny was hilarious and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. And then it was the, what was it, Monday's Got Talent. There was the talent. So there was fun oh, for right. sort of kids and every, you know, adults, everybody else. And it was really one of the days I went for a big walk around, oh, what was the name of that creek? It had a really long name with lots of Ks in it. And then there was something Merka Merka. I can't remember the name of the creek, but it was, oh, um, sure. there was a dry creek bed. Well, it was dry when it wasn't the rain. But it was really beautiful yeah. walking around and actually getting away from the concert area and walking sort of towards where the helicopter took off. And then they'd actually set oh, yeah. up a they set up a beach volleyball court in in the in the um on the dry riverbed. I, I walked past it. Oh really? Yeah. And it was oh. really beautiful. And one of the days when I walked, it was the sun was quite low and so you had the really long shadows and the beautiful red earth and so it was really nice to just walk around and honestly I'm not sure I would change anything. I think it was excellent and so much thought has gone into that event. Obviously they had, you know, the big red bash which was where it all started. I thought it was excellent. Oh, very good. So if someone else was, uh, yeah, say heard this or another episode is looking to head out there or looking to do an outback trip for the first time, what kind of uh, bits of advice or, you know, just a few words would you give to them for things to look out for, things to prepare for and that sort of thing, especially coming from someone who's travelled in, uh, you know, all the way there from a little Holden Astro? Yeah, well, there's a lot of preparation you have to do. I, I do like and have liked camping for a long time, but I didn't even have my own tent. So, because, you know, you camp usually with others and I just sort of slept in other people's tents. But I did quite a bit of research and I bought uh, I bought a three-person tent. So I bought that tent. And you have to think about, especially also, you're in a tent and also I was on my own. So you're like, okay, I need, I need, need to have everything I need for a week. So, and 
I didn't want to yeah. buy all this stuff and then never use it again. So I went for things like I found these collab- like you have to take your own water, you have to take food, you have to you have to literally take everything. So I bought these collapsible water containers so that after the trip, you oh, yeah. know, like they they store up really small um, collapsible bucket, and I am like, okay, I don't have a lantern, so I bought a lantern for my tent and. I thought I don't really want to buy a camp table, but what could I use? And I, you know, you sort of think about every little thing that you might need, head torches and spare batteries for the head torch. And I actually did something that I'm not sure many others did. I thought to myself, okay, what am I going to do with the whole ice thing? I don't, I don't have a fridge. I don't have a fancy setup. So I decided that I could go a week without needing to keep anything cool and i was right so i okay yeah, so what i did this is a lot of, a lot of planning uh i i thought okay well fruit fruit and veggies generally you don't really need to keep in a fridge so i had like avocado yep, yeah, as they are. I, I stocked up in broken hill i bought avocado and tomatoes and you know apples and mandarins and stuff loaf of bread you don't need to keep bread in the fridge and little UHT milk, so like the little 200 ml. Oh, yeah. So it was kind of like a single single use. I'd kind of make some oats for brekkie or something with some milk, and then I'd make a thermos of tea, and then that milk was done. So I, I basically did it so I had breakfast and lunch every day at my campsite. And I would have had enough for dinners, but a lot of the food trucks were really excellent. So I just ended up having uh, yeah. like four nights in a row at the different food trucks. So Yeah, it's hard not to go past them, especially when they smell so good as oh, well. Oh, yeah, so good, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I thought, I do like um, the occasional beer, but I thought, well, if I just take red wine, then I don't need to keep it cool. So, you don't need to cap that cool either. Yeah, so I actually Jeez, went really a week. thought it through. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, so I went a week quite easily and didn't need ice. I just thought, oh, I don't want to buy a proper rescue, so I'll just do without it. It was fine, totally fine. Okay. That saves a lot of weight in your car as well, which should also help with fuel efficiency and things like that as well. So, yeah, very thought out. And it's not – my car's a four-door hatchback. It's not uh, the biggest car in the world. And also, you know, you have a tarp. And my tent is one of those instant-up ones, so it's not the smallest packed up. So you have to take a lot of stuff. And also, because you're going out there, you think, I have to prepare that it could be hot, it could be cold, it could be wet. And it was all of those things within about three days. Yeah. So you have to. I had, like, full-on waterproof gear. I I go hiking anyway, so I have all that stuff. But you think, what if I need gaffer tape? What if I need scissors? What if I need... So it's quite fun. Yeah, do I take, like, a little emergency toolkit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got your... um, Yeah, and I bought... um, I definitely would do this, uh, recommend this for others. The tent I bought was fantastic, but like a lot of tents, it comes with those pretty basic pegs. So I, before I left, yep. I bought better pegs, stronger ones, which was excellent because the the ground up there, it's, I mean, it's almost like beach sand kind of on yeah. where I was camped. And having a, those Thicker, longer pegs was definitely um, was a great way to go. Other tents were, because we had some crazy wind one of the days, other tents were half blowing over and mine was solid. Yep, I was one of those people. Were you? <laughs> I, was, uh, ah. 
Yeah, because <clears throat> I traveled up there solo in, um, yeah, and slept in a tent as well. I think it was on the the Tuesday when it was, uh, yeah, started howling with big 50, 60K winds and all the rain and everything else. I was uh, over building the stage near the Bash FM tower and apparently my neighbors were <laughs> readjusting my tent the whole day and I'd come back and I thought nothing happened. They've gone, oh, we've done all sorts of surgical work on your oh, tent wow. because, uh, you know, it's blown over and, you know, there's some of the pegs had come out. So we put these other bigger pegs in and, and then uh, when I woke up before that shift, I um, felt, uh, yeah, a couple of drops on my head and then a couple of drops over this way and I thought, oh, hang on, now it's really windy. And then I went to touch my bag of clothes on the floor and they were all soaked oh. and I sort of, oh, Were well, you in a uh, dome? My neighbours were. Were you in a, like a little dome tent? Um, I was in like a – my, my folks have had this tent for like 30 years. It's like a <laughs> – it's an old three-person canvas Kmart like jackaroo thing. But uh, – it's with like the uh, three sets of like, uh, I suppose, U-shaped uh, poles. So like, you know, you got the sides and the middle up there as well. So the the middle was what was flapping about oh, as wow. well. So it was, uh, it was a bit problematic, but my neighbours were kind enough to um, pop up a bit of a clothesline from the roof rack of their ute to uh, another kind of pole that they had in the ground. Oh, wow. And, you know, by... The next day, you know, all my clothes were dry and everything else, so it wasn't too much of a problem. But, uh, yeah, I remember waking up, you know, with a howling wind thinking like, oh, everything's wet. All my stuff that I need to get changed into today is over here, so that's good. But now I've just got to get up in the cold and, you know, face you and everything else and get this bloody stage done. But I wouldn't trade it for anything because it was all part of the experience. Oh, it definitely is. But how how nice were people? Like when, when I went to pack up my tent, my neighbours all had these big, you know, campers and, um, caravans and that kind of thing and it was you know there is a wind farm there for a reason right it's a very windy it's yeah, a windy absolutely. place <laughs> but my tent was super easy to put up and pull down a lot harder when it's windy and you're doing it on your own and I, I mentioned yes. to my neighbors yeah. I said oh when are you guys going to head off and they said um oh when we know that that you're okay I was like oh wow that's nice and, ah, and so yeah. I taking my tent down like I said it's easy but when it's windy it's almost like trying to trying to p- pack up a parachute like the wind is sort of blowing. oh yeah impossible and then yeah, yeah two of us <laughs> were down kind of like sit almost like sitting on the tent trying to get the wind out of it so people were super nice so i don't think i've ever met friendlier more down-to-earth people in my entire life i have to say yeah yeah because yeah everyone's there for the right reason as well uh, i know that on the traveling to the Monday Bash group, uh, you know, within the last couple of months, I think there was one person who put a photo up of, it must have been, you know, her and then, uh, you know, another another uh, family that was you know, next to the caravan. They said, oh, just want to make this post because, um, you know, we ran out of fuel going from, I think it must have been from Monday Monday to Silverton or Monday Monday to Broken Hill or one of them. And, um, yeah, this group from the caravan just got out, you know, had their spare tank. They said, oh, you know, what, what uh, kind of petrol does your... Um, yeah, does your car take? You know, it was the right one. They just filled it up. They said, oh, that should get you going. I said, oh, you know, do you want any, you know, do you want any money? How can I repay this? No, no, don't worry about it. You know, just, just a little favour. You guys are on your way now. So that's all that matters. So, um, yeah, there's a really nice sense of community and cooperation within that environment. I think I that saw that post yeah. too, actually. <clears throat> oh, okay. Yeah, and I, yeah, I saw other ones show. where, you know, people had a flat tyre or something maybe and someone helped them out. And But, yeah, it's, it's um, definitely a good sense of community for sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, well, Susie, we're near the end of the episode. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, telling us about your experience of uh, the Monday Bash in April. Is there anything else that you would like to add or, or is there any other information you think people have, uh, you know, worth reading or checking out in regards to preparation for the festival or just even going into the outback for the first time? I definitely would say, like, the the material, the sort of information packs and everything that provided, there is a lot to read, but I do recommend reading it because I, I did and you just know... It, it's it's such a great experience and I definitely recommend it, but you definitely want to know what you're in for and, you know, you need to be prepared with, you know, the fact that there's no drinking water there and you need to take your own and um, and even things like the composting toilets were fantastic, but, I'm, I mean, <laughs> some people I know would be mortified to use them, but they were great. So it, I think it does take a certain kind yeah. of person that you roll with it that it's like it's hot, it's cold, it's windy, it's raining, it's something's going to happen, it's fine. And you do need to be prepared for what might come. But if you are prepared, it, it's, and I, you know, and I was, it's a fantastic experience. So I definitely say, you know, make sure you have what you need to stay warm, cool, dry, protected, et cetera, and fed and read all the material. And yeah, join that show on the Bash uh, Facebook page, which is you know, um, really useful, and just do it. It's great fun. Awesome. All right. Thanks for your time, Susie. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.